What's up, everybody? It is Wrestling Inc. across the channels, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Periscope. We are live. I am Justin Labar here in Pittsburgh, site of AEW Dynamite tonight. And over on the West Coast, my partner in crime from Forbes.com, he is Alfred. Kunwa, Alfred, how are you? Amazing. And for reasons I will not confirm or deny, that intro slaps on 420. Let me tell you. Oh, boy. Yes, it is April 20th. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, and it is brought to you by HelloFresh. Spring has sprung, and the less time you spend in the kitchen, the better. That's why some of HelloFresh's delicious restaurant-quality meals come together in just 20 minutes. That's right. Get 16, one six, 16 free meals plus three gifts with the code INC16. That's INC16 at HelloFresh.com slash INC16. One six. It is April 20th, 420. Puff it, sip it, do what you got to do. You know what that means. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, Alfred. Uh, a very busy dynamite. It was very heavy on paper going into it mm-hmm. and quite a lot coming out of it. Uh, whether it lived up to expectation, what have you, we'll get into all of it. But again, a lot of news and noteworthy things. And there's also quite a lot to talk about on the uh, headlines uh, and in the uh, wrestling world. Let's start. With the innuendo, with the references, uh, April twentieth, of course, bringing uh, the, the the annual conversation that it does with uh, where we are as a society, with what's what's legal, what's not in the in the world of uh, marijuana, and a backstage talk on the marijuana use in WWE is a story that's coming uh, and being sourced from Fightful Select uh, as uh, they are reporting that several WWE superstars uh, are are free to celebrate without worries uh, as uh, their superstars going, uh, you know talking to Fightful Select, saying that they have not been suspended or fined for marijuana uh, use in years. Uh, this is a progressive change uh, from the policy that is still technically in writing and on the books, Alfred. But in the past, WWE would issue uh, $2,500 fines for uh, positive marijuana tests. Um, again, still it's it's in writing on the wellness policy on WWE's corporate uh, website. But uh, talent saying that... Uh, the company's kind of really lax and not enforcing that. Are you surprised? And, and what do you, and, 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 and do you agree? I do agree a hundred percent and I'm not too surprised. I mean, if you've watched the rise of Matt Riddle, they make very thinly veiled references toward him smoking weed as they did with RBD in a different time. But I do feel like it is more celebrated than anything. I just think that had they had that same mentality, we wouldn't be seeing Matt Riddle as celebrated as he is really kind of in that role. And also, I just think that WWE in a wrestling war, you know, it could come down to decisions like that. Like, well, AEW, you're hearing stories about Tony Khan smoking with Big Swole. And if WWE is painted as a company that's really stringent on weed, a lot of these wrestlers are going to say, man, I don't want that, you know, my name attached to that if if I get in trouble. So, you know, I have no problem with this. And uh, I think this is also good PR for WWE because if somebody wants to get really punished for weed, then it becomes Twitter is going to bring up all the people who WWE quote unquote turned a blind eye to. Then Saudi Arabia references maybe come yeah. up and stuff like that. So it's a good decision, I think. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. This is somewhat long overdue. I, obviously, you know, no matter where you, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a marijuana guy, but it's legalized in so many states and and just what it's become. I think that the the line that WWE has to walk, of course, is the fact that they are a public company, and and so that's probably why we're still going to see it in writing. Um, so they can always say, oh, look, it's in writing, but obviously it's up to them of whether or not they're going to enforce it. And again, you know, it's, it's, it's any, if, if anything, it's more of an inconvenience at this point, you know, 
if you have these athletes and guys who uh, who, who want to use it, if it's something that, you know, through all the travel, all the physicality, all the anxiety that, that goes on in that world and that life, if that little bit is something that helps them be a better performer and just a better, happier traveler and employee, you know, is it, is it, is it worth finding them? Is it worth the, the, the hostility? Is it worth going beyond that and trying to suspend them and derailing your creative plans? Uh, you know, no, I don't think so. And I, I think a lot of would agree. So, you know, this is an interesting story. You know, I, I, I will be, again, I'll be curious to see as this, if, if this gains traction, if there's at all any pushback, uh, cause you mentioned, you know, they're, they're a little bit more with Matt Riddle about it. that they have a new shirt that came out today. Uh, but you know, they still do aim for the PG and the sponsorship. So, you know, how tolerant or not tolerant are their sponsors and, and, and in terms of them, you know, this, this news being out there, you know, I don't know, but I, I think overall, I do agree. This is, uh, yeah, and WWE does not have to be a champion for Wii. They don't have to advertise this, nor are they. This is just a story that came out. This could just be an internal uh, philosophical uh, idea that they have for their company and what they do believe in. But when it comes to public facing, it could just be like Disney. Everybody has, I'm sure these executives all have what they believe, but the brand stands for something entirely different. And, and you know, who knows? Uh you know, in, in 10 more years, I mean, I, you know, again, I know you're in California, which is the progressive of all, oh, yeah. um, you know, the, the way stores and, and, and legal fronts are popping up now, um, who knows in 10 years from now, uh, whoever the industry leader is in legalized distribution, uh, and, and what could probably be probably majority, if not all the states at, by that point, they could be sponsoring WrestleMania by that point. You know, right now WrestleMania is sponsored by Snickers. I, you know, I don't put it past some major company. Uh, I don't put it past Amazon going into the space of of overnight delivery. If you're a Prime uh, subscriber, <laughs> to, to have your weed, you know, your weed alongside everything else. You know, so I mean, I really think it's something to kind of watch. It's it's kind of something fun to joke about given the day, and it is it is news because it's you know, uh, it's long standing in the wrestling world, but. Um, yeah, very. You know, I look at a company like AEW. What's I don't. I mean, they're a private company, so they don't even really have to answer. They don't even have to talk about it if they don't want to. I don't know what their policy is. I haven't heard of anything. I haven't heard of any testing, so I don't even think. I've actually heard some stories from Big Sword. I think their policy is smoke away. Yeah. The president might smoke with you. Or, hey, listen, that's my kind of policy. All right, weed is definitely legal in California. Shout out to Purple Echo. <laughs> Did I do that? Well, so maybe, <laughs> so maybe uh, old TK uh sitting back uh lighting one up and uh hiring some it folks all right we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna puff puff pass and we're gonna find those damn bots we're gonna do let's go (laughs) tony was very active in the interview scene we got two interviews we're gonna touch on here the first being with tv insider uh as he now talks about his uh, famous tweet a week or so ago where he asserted uh, that he has an independent study has found an army of anti-aew bots are responsible for a lot of anti-AEW rhetoric. Well, he goes on to say uh, that he has um, he's hired <laughs> he's hired uh, IT specialists basically yes. to look into this. Uh, we will not rest until this is done. This is- we will not. This this I this is the biggest announcement that was made all night. I don't care what anybody says. I kind of joked last week that this was going to be the announcement that he is going to reveal the results of the study. This wasn't exactly that, but it was the next best thing. We got IT on the bots. Uh, To me, this is the biggest announcement of the day. I mean, we'll get into what they announced tonight, but this is what I was talking about. This already lived up and passed the hype. 
for me personally. And I think this is also an elaborate way to bring in Mustafa Ali. Okay, we are going to have the hacker from WWE TV come in and reveal himself to be behind all these bots. And that's how we get this uh, wrestling war to really kick in our high gear. So let me give you this quote. This is a great, great, great quote here from this interview with TV Insider. <clears throat> this is from Tony Khan. He says, quote, and he's talking about the bots here. A lot of their engagement, their retweets, likes, people responding, and signal boosting for what they are saying, those are bots. You got a network of a few people with a lot of identities powered by a bunch of bots. I'm not making this up. I have hired <laughs> IT experts that put together a much more sophisticated explanation than I'm capable of giving. <laughs> it's a real thing or I wouldn't have brought it up. I have a pretty good reputation in this business for honesty. <laughs> Says a wrestling promoter. Oh, oh, no, Tony. It's the lack of self-awareness for me. Anybody who says I'm not making this up, listen, maybe he's not, okay? There is probably some legitimacy to some of the things he's saying. The execution, the PR rollout, this should all have been done behind closed doors. Not only is he taking this to the streets on Twitter, now he's going on a whole crazy Twitter interview tour. I bet you he's wearing a tinfoil on his hat as he's speaking because that's all I can picture when I hear, I'm not making this up. Uh, if MTV still did Celebrity Deathmatch, there would be Tony Khan and Clay versus uh, <laughs> just a row of computer bots. You gotta okay. find these bots. I want, I want bot merchandise. If Tony Khan is smart, he would make bot merchandise. If this is going to be a whole thing, we need bot merchandise. I will buy it, and I will show up to AEW Dynamite in June wearing bot merchandise with or, with it, with, with or without shop AEW. Bro, this is a layup for Dark Order. No. Things have gone cold. You know, with Dark Order, they've kind of, they really, you know, they, they obviously. They really had a hot year last year. You know, a lot of it, you know, paying tribute to to, to Birdie Lee. They've really cooled down. I mean, they, they go back to the roots. They started with being a cult and trying to recruit people. Have them be behind the information yes. or the disinformation or the misinformation. Uh, that, that sounds I think I think it's a layup. So you say no, I, you say Mustafa Ali, I say it's dark order. You know? I, I love that idea. Now my creative juices are flowing for reasons that I cannot confirm or deny. And I want you in the chat, send us your favorite super chats. Fantasy book these bots. Okay, best idea. We'll retweet it. Fantasy book these bots using super chats, 99 cents, dollar, whatever. We need to hear your best fantasy booking of these bots. Yes, I agree with that. Let's, uh, let's get him in here. All right, so continuing the Tony Khan media tour, he also was on My Mom's Basement with Robbie Fox, that podcast. <laughs> uh, he talks about several things. A lot of it really, um, uh, a lot of talk about Ring of Honor. Uh, and he talked about, you know, Ring of Honor distribution, and he, and he, and he notes uh, talk about, talking to Warner Media about them. Uh, and on that topic, he says, quote, You've seen many championships defended in AEW, and I think we will continue to see Ring of Honor champions in AEW, but also I'm really excited to get Ring of Honor weekly television distribution and working on those details. I've had a lot of really exciting conversations with the people at Warner Media about the future of Ring of Honor, which I think everybody is really excited about. So, uh, you know, given a little bit more information of what we've been speculating, what, you know, obviously Ring of Honor had a huge show, uh, uh, Mania Weekend, but he's eyeing to get them a TV spot and, and to have that brand weekly uh, in addition to what he's already doing with dynamite and rampage. So I, I gotta say, I'm a little bit surprised. I didn't know. I didn't necessarily know you know, he's talking Warner media. Now that could, I mean, he, I, I am really excited to get ring of honor weekly television distribution. Yeah. So he's not just talking about streaming. He's not just talking about OTT on demand. He's talking about TV, uh, which I kind of surprised about. Cause I didn't know necessarily in 2022 with the way the world's going that he would, necessarily jump into that pool but it sounds like he's trying 
Yeah, and the television aspect is the most surprising aspect. Uh, every time he has an announcement, one of the longstanding speculations is that he's reached some type of streaming deal with HBO Max, which is major league in and of itself, uh, but not necessarily television. This is the first I've ever heard of Warner Media doing any type of television with AEW and Tony Khan, let alone with ROH, which is another kicker. So we'll see how they reinvigorate this promotion. I just there's no history really for a promotion, quote unquote, dying coming back from the dead and being better off because of it. I think, you know, you see ECW, you see when they try to relaunch WCW, you see all the times they try to relaunch Impact slash TNA. And once you get hit with that, the promotion had to go away for a while. It's dead tag. It's next to impossible to do this. And Tony Khan has his own problems establishing AEW as a major league promotion. So uh, we'll see how this ROH thing works, but this could really help. Yeah, I mean, and... Again, the thing I wonder is like, you know, our, again, ROH you know, obviously turned out a ton of talent with talent that are in AEW now, talent that have <clears throat> main evented WrestleManias. But it's like at the end of the day, ROH, more more so than what AEW is now, <clears throat> more so than pretty much almost any other, you know, major company, was so niche. And and, and so I, I just, I, I, I don't yet know what the business, like, there's nobody that's gonna go to an ROH show that's not already going to an AEW show. Like I, I you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm. I think it makes him look. He looks like a huge babyface to the wrestling world. He looks like a huge babyface to the talent because he's providing another company more. He's providing another ring, another show or shows to have talent get paid and maybe even have you know guys who are a little bit more wrestling centric and not as you know sports entertainment uh, centric and that could that that fit the ROH mold. But so yeah, you look like a babyface in the industry. And I guess if you have money to play with good and good for the industry but at the end of the day it's still a business and you still want to report profit and i and i just don't know what the difference is between AEW and ring of honor in the sense of growing audience that's that's kind of i guess where i'm really curious to see how this is going to play out yeah i mean he seems very bullish on this but i'm in the same boat you are in that i just think he's taking on too much with this and i think for a company that still has a long way to go in aew i think it is way overly ambitious to think that he's going to uh create a similar effect with roh but we'll yeah. see but but again and for the for the workers for the talent and especially sure. talent who you know tell I me mean, god 2020 was 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 horrendous for for professional wrestlers that are just trying to break through i mean you know look you're, you're in WWE and you get released for the mass budget cut budget cuts sucks but you've been making six figures yeah you're, you're you you got a little bit of money in the bank and, and and you got a name value whatever you know but but for the talent that are you know just on that cusp of not being weekend warriors any, anymore, not having to work day jobs or what, like 2020 was horrendous, right? And so it's good that Ring of Honor is this, this that's happening because now it's, it opens up for another, you know, potentially, you know, 40, 50 wrestlers potentially that now they have an, another payday, another place to go uh, that's owned by this billionaire. But again, from the bigger picture outside of that, I just, I'm wondering um, where it's all going to land. So it's, it's going to continue what's going to be a fun fun year here in 2020 we're already in you know, we're already uh almost done april, april. and uh, you know cody rhodes is on top of wwe and uh it's just it's a crazy world <laughs> all right let's get into aew dino they were here in pittsburgh tonight obviously i'm here with you not at the arena uh taking precedent here but a huge night in pittsburgh it was great a lot of iwc wrestling uh talent obviously ward over baker Two of them, but a lot of talent current at IWC uh, playing security, playing other roles. So great to see them. Uh, if you were here in the Pittsburgh area, you might have saw some commercials. I want to give this cheap plug coming up April 30th at Ross Draver Ice Gardens just down the street. 
It is IWC Wrestling Plus Northeast Wrestling. We're doing a huge show. Uh, Hardy Boys, Fandango, Eric Rowan, Thunder Rosa, my man Spencer Slade, Bill Collier, all going to be there, all having a meet and greet. So if you like pro wrestling here in the Pittsburgh area, April 30th, uh, still a few tickets left. Ross Draver Ice Garden. Got that out of the way. Let's kick it off. Dynamite starting off with CM Punk back in Pittsburgh Wrestling. Versus Dustin Rhodes, CM Punk at forty-three, Dustin Rhodes at fifty-three. These two guys out there, I hope I can, I hope I can move a little bit at forty-three and fifty-three, uh, like they do. But this one, uh, getting the this is awesome chance, Alfred. But and Jr. even noted it, not taking shortcuts, not going for the crazy high spots. It was a much more traditional pro wrestling match. Uh, Dustin, uh, you know, the knee bothering him. Um, you know, just a, a real, a real traditional old school story here did look like I got a little serious towards the end though. Punk goes to GTS, Dustin Rhodes, and it looks like he, he just couldn't, couldn't hoist him to, to, to propel him up to then hit him with a knee. He then just dropped down and basically hooked Dustin's legs and that got the one, two, three. And then Punk was really, really holding his left arm. Ref was even given a signal that might be interpreted as a legit injury, uh, or at least, hey, we just called an audible. Uh, don't know what to make of that, but the, the, but overall, the, the the crowd was really into this uh, by these two veterans of uh, 33 years for Dustin and uh, Punk probably 20-something, so uh, a real blast from the past to see CM Punk versus Goldust. Yeah, very uh, consistent. Dustin Rhodes, it's like if he was a baseball player, his batting average would be like 700 because it's like he doesn't have that many at-bats when he's on the plate. He hits like home runs and he doesn't really strike out, but only in specialty situations. And he's just had quietly one great match after another. Not good. It's like the Cody Rhodes match, the Brian Danielson match. And I thought this was an excellent match in terms of CM Punk. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a planned finish because CM Punk continues to shout out to Bret Hart where he's wearing his gear. And then he did the SummerSlam 92 roll up uh, made famous, which is a role Bret Hart took from Bulldog. But um, yeah, he, maybe he was just selling well. And uh, and I did like what came next in terms of CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page because I think they needed this. Yeah, real quick to the finish. Uh, that's a great call. He was wearing the Hart's colors, and, and I didn't even uh, – you're right. That is the finish of Bulldog. It's where yeah. just the drop down on your knees and hook the legs. So if he, yeah. if he, if he was, a uh, tremendous job by everybody because the way that he sold it and then the way the ref even did – you know, the, the refs don't get always into the signal. So uh, they, they, they made a believer in me. It came off and looked – and they were struggling enough with body parts that I – you know, again, I kind of balled into it. So if that's the case, uh, bravo to all, all included, ref, ref included. Uh, you're right. Uh, Punk then continuing the motion that he wants the title belt, uh, and then Hangman Page and him have a stare down. Music goes off from it. They have a stare down on the top of the stage. Uh, is this the title match you want? Obviously, we talked about it. it, it, it you know, I dare Tony Khan to have Adam Cole win it last week. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. Is this the title match you want? And is this the guy for Punk to dethrone as champion? Yes, it is now. I mean, I do like this idea. I didn't so much get excited about it on paper, but I needed to see this segment in terms of CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page facing off and just seeing how the crowd reacted to it, which I do think is always going to influence your personal decision of whether or not this feels like a big match. And it did. It did to me and the way they shot this, the way CM Punk seems like he was going to build up to some kind of face-off with Hangman or whoever the world champion is because you figure week after week he's going to do that gesture. Finally, for Hangman to answer it, I think they've done a good job between CM Punk by himself teasing it and Hangman Adam Page finally coming in there. And Hangman's had a string of very, very excellent matches. He just doesn't feel like the biggest star on the show. But I am excited, and I do think it is a big match, CM Punk versus Hangman Adam Page. 
yeah, uh, you know, gotta believe that's probably <clears throat> gotta be probably what you figure is penciled in for for double or nothing uh, in May yeah. at this point. We're at April, it's April twentieth, uh, double or nothing next month. So seems like that's where we're on pace for. Uh, they show earlier in the day Wardlow entering the Peterson Event Center, uh, and he is stopped by security, and they are going to uh, escort him all day long, uh, and they're going to handcuff him. Uh, all the way until he gets to the ring again. Big shout out. A lot of great IWC wrestling talent uh, uh, portraying the security. And, of course, Wardlow, uh, he's not bothered by this at all. Cool, calm, and collective uh, is the big man, Mr. Mayhem, the man with war in his name. Uh, Wardlow, he's definitely a top-round, first-round draft pick, obviously, in this business right now. And with the first pick and the NFL draft, Ball Sackenville has decided to pick Manscaped to stock up their D. That's right, Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have sponsored us to make sure you don't get booed out of the bedroom like Roger Goodell. Support us and head to Manscaped.com and use the code. That's right. Go to Manscaped.com and use that code W-I-N-C-20, and you will get free shipping, plus you'll save 20 percent everyone was asking why combine athletes they ran the 40 yard dash so fast this year well a big reason is because the lawnmower 4.0 this electric elite electric trimmer i should say now serves over 4 million men worldwide too right here that's a lot of aerodynamic pants potatoes if you know what i'm talking about because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology your nicks and snags will be reduced after trimming your package will look as big as the seahawks got in return for russell wilson Rumor is Kenny Pickett got trimmed up with Manscaped and has skyrocketed the draft boards. Small hands who? Don't talk about size with Kenny. I want you to look in the mirror. Do you see any nose or ear hairs? Well, we got to make sure we trim those babies. That's unacceptable. None of those dangling around. Look, fellas, ladies out there, they think uh, long nose hair is a major turnoff. If you didn't know that, spoiler alert, major turnoff. Let's figure it out. Get it straight. Uh, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer is your solution for that problem. Why not use the best tools for the job? Performance package also come with the anti-chafing performance boxer briefs, travel bag. I just used this past week. I love it. Uh, crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, crop reviver, is this, and uh, there's a spray-on toner. Uh, they've also launched some of their amazing hygiene products, uh, including the cologne, the body wash, the two-in-one shampoo, and the aluminum-free deodorant. So, again, head over to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus the free shipping when you use the code W-I-N-C-20. Again, definitely shaving off some time in the 40 uh, by using Manscaped. A little bit lighter, a little more aerodynamic. Manscaped.com is the way to go, Alfred. 100%. And I'm going to need Manscaped to help trim this lead for the Chicago Bulls over my Milwaukee Bucks. These Bulls look tough. I've been saying it. Bulls look very tough, but uh, I like the Bucks and Six. Bucks and Six, huh? Yes. All Bucks right. Uh, let's look at a super chat here. Uh, Mike D, Doink the Clown, Matt Bourne, 2023 Hall of Fame. I, I don't think we're we'll ever going to see a Doink the Clown in the Hall of Fame because Doink is just yeah. one of those. Yeah, well, you know, it's just one of those. Uh, Matt Bourne, obviously the original, uh, you know, rest in peace, Matt Bourne. The, the Doink thing is one of those things. With, it, it'll be WrestleMania 55, and there'll be a Doink the Clown that shows up in a battle royal. It's, it's one of those gimmicks that just forever can be portrayed and always has been forever portrayed. So I don't think they're ever going to put that character in the Hall of Fame. But that doesn't mean it can't go into the Hall of Fame. I mean, we see this Edge went into the Hall of Fame, and he's wrestling all over again. So I just think it would be a funny visual where all these people are in their nice suits, and then a clown comes to the stage to accept the Hall of Fame. Well, I think it's like, well, if you put it in the Hall of Fame, it's like, who do you acknowledge? Like, who comes – like, do you say you're putting Matt Bourne, and then you have, like, his family? Like, no, it's like they, they like to still have, like, you know – 
Steve Lombardi's not going to come out there and, you know. Well, that's what I was thinking. That would be my You know, Ray, I think Ray Apollo was doink number two after Matt Bourne. I mean, you know, I, just, I think doink's going to be one of those, you know, Sin Cara could have been that too, but I think they kind of shelved that. Sin Cara could have been another one where they could have had somebody portray Sin Cara for the next 30 years. Uh, put the mask on your Sin Cara now. They should induct Doink the Clown, and then that means anybody who's ever played Doink. So, I mean, you get the Brooklyn Brawler in there. Didn't Steve Kern play Doink the Clown one time? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty sure. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. So, well, you got your, you got your, you got your, your basketball. I got my, uh, my, my, my caps uh, playing right now in Vegas. Oh. A lot going on. All right. Back to uh, Dynamite. All right, so we get a six-man tag with some trios match here. We get uh, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club of Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Wheeler Yuta up against Dante Martin, Brock Anderson, and Lee Moriarty. And uh, John Moxley, huge pop, as I heard, in Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, he hits the paradigm shift on Dante Martin. Uh, the BCC <clears throat> keeps on rolling. They do keep on rolling. I will say Lee Moriarty was the most over man in this match because he is from Pittsburgh. And I was more excited during this match, during the Lee Moriarty and Dante Martin spots, which BCC did a good job setting them up and uh, working with them in that more athletic style. So I, I thought this was a very exciting match. I think Wheeler Yuta has one of the biggest improvements in ring gear I think I've seen this year or in years where he was wearing those kind of horrible tights with the sneakers before. Now he looks full on Ricky Steamboat. This is because he does remind me of Ricky Steamboat in that. Not the greatest promo, but he wrestles with enough charisma to overcome it. And I think that him dressing like Ricky Steamboat with these blood-stained tights, it looks excellent. I think it's a very big improvement. Yeah, shout out to Bernie in D.C. who's right there with you uh, on the uh, killer tights for uh, yes. Yuta. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, Issa got ever. Apparently, our audience is all uh, half in the bag. That's Issa's hey, watch along. Got everybody. Happy four twenty, girl. Well, I, 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 I guess she was doing shots uh, for for certain milestones everybody's i mean they can, they can only make us sound and look better i can't get any worse right i mean yeah so. <laughs> he's he's like our opener right now she's like she's like warming the audience so. yeah yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> well, in this case in this case just inebriating them yeah. butch <laughs> that was, that was all right backstage we see adam cole with red dragon and the young bucks and they're all realizing and, and owning up to their losses none of them uh, getting many wins right now, uh, and Cole trying to keep them all together, saying we have to be the undisputed elite, and uh, and we're going to see them all in action next week as a unit, as a as a five man team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, we'll get back to some more Red Dragon personnel here in a few moments, but uh, this feels like at least that we are on the last tipping point of them pretending to try to even make undisputedly work before it all just implodes and we head to the inevitable showdown. Uh, and of course, Adam Cole will be, you know, in a cage suspended above them. and will have to, you know, choose, choose what lunch table he's going to sit at. <laughs> That'll be fun. And it could go either way. I think it skews toward him going with his buddies from NXT in the undisputed era, uh, but they're essentially recreating the bullet club storyline amid this announcement of bullet club coming into AEW. So they're going to do the whole bullet club is fine thing before they implode. Yeah, so let's talk about a uh, Bullet Club. Obviously, Bullet Club, a uh, huge part of uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling scene. Tony Khan, big rumor of a big announcement, big not rumor, but it was established and promoted. He had a big announcement to make. <clears throat> Tony Schiavone brings Tony Khan out to the stage. Tony Khan uh, brings out the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling. They are then interrupted by Adam Cole, who's backstage, who talks about how 
he's a huge star in Japan. And if anybody's going to make this announcement, it's going to be him because this announcement wouldn't even be happening if it wasn't for stars like him. And he announces what we had heard some rumors of, which is on June 26th in Chicago at the United Center. It is going to be an event called the Forbidden Door, a joint show between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Jay White also then interrupts that. Well, actually, he then gets introduced by Adam Cole. He comes out to the stage, makes his presence known, cuts a promo. Alfred, a lot to unpack here. This Forbidden Door joint show on American soil. Something I have to imagine that was probably uh, wanted to be done for a while, but of course they got the pandemic, really probably delayed that. But now here we are. Um, give me your reaction to this. What, what does this mean? Uh, it means a lot of people who already watch AEW are going to be very excited. Very similar to that ROH news we were talking about. This isn't an announcement that's really going to grow AEW, I don't think. It's more or less going to serve its audience, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think you mentioned before the pandemic, I really do think that, you know, had this happened maybe in 2019, maybe a year into AEW, this would have felt like such a massive announcement. And while it is exciting, I do feel, um, in fact, know for a fact that New Japan's brand has really taken a hit here in the States with uh, their restrictions on the pandemic and how fans can't even really cheer there in New Japan. It's a completely different product from uh, what it was pre-pandemic, and it's still kind of recovering from that. So, uh, listen, as a hardcore fan, I think a lot of people are going to be excited about that, but uh, this, I don't think, is something that's going to grow the product. Yeah, probably not going to be their biggest pay-per-view buy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, this this, I mean, it'll sell out. The live gate will be be certainly uh, of note. Um, but yeah, probably not gonna be the biggest pay-per-view. Uh you mentioned about growing the business. Yeah, like what like again, I guess it's again uh, how do you measure that? I mean there, this is the biggest joint show with the new Japan Pro Wrestling that's been done. Um, you know, even bigger than what was done in the garden uh several years ago with, with Ring of Honor. But yeah, I, I guess it goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier about, about Ring of Honor. It's like are you are you bringing in are you bringing any new eyeballs? Is, is anybody going to come into this and then come out of it going, I've never watched Dynamite. I'm going to start watching Dynamite now. Yeah, I don't, I don't imagine it at all. I just think the people who are cheering here is just a subsection. You know, New Japan is such a niche product. It's not like all AEW fans watch New Japan. It is a subsection of a subsection. It's like not all pro wrestling fans watch AEW. Not all AEW fans watch New Japan. So now you're just drilling down. And I think if they do this correctly, I mean, the idea of some of these dream matches, CM Punk versus Okada, it's a headline that's going to get a lot of people's eyeballs, and it could be very exciting and really milking a small audience, but it could still make a big dent. It's just that they're going to need to book this thing correctly and use their TV to do so as well. Yeah, and again, it's exciting for wrestling fans, and I have no problem with it, but I do think you know things that Alfred just said, it brings up just fair points of, you know, it's an expense. It is what it is. You know, what, what's what's the end game going to be? You know, Tina Miller, she said, that's for us wrestling nerds. LOL. Absolutely. I'm still excited. Yeah, it is. And nothing wrong. Again, nothing wrong with that. I mean, we've never seen to this level in the United States, New Japan working with uh, an American company. So um, I need Ishii and Samojo. I need that. After all those shots last week, I think it was 107 it ended up being. I need Ishii and Samojo. I think that's fine. All right. Uh, well, speaking of uh, your fantasy booking, uh, Anthony uh, and our super chat. By the way, super chats. If you, if you've put a super chat in, they'll get sent to us. We're just again. If you haven't called on, we will wait until we get to that point. Uh, I, I saw 
clown you said something earlier i saw sean wiley you got you got a bunch of questions we will get to all of them uh in the right time anthony martin for a dollar 99 says how hard is that joint show going to be to book that's you know and that's a great question and that's something i think that always kind of you know that's always a thing whenever you have other territories working with each other is, is egos who wants to put who over mm-hmm. you know because at the end of the day once that joint show is done and everybody packs up shakes hands and goes their separate ways they got to go back to their own territory they got to go back to their own show and if they just had their guy get beat you know so that that i think it's a great question is is how hard is how are you going to book this yeah and that's the thing particularly the world title matches or if there's a world champion in these matches whoever the AEW champion is wrestling Better not be somebody who you want to beat them and vice versa. Whoever the IWGP champion is wrestling, even more so to that degree, because it's a lot more like a real sport in Japan. Whoever that IWGP champion is wrestling, it's probably going to go over on the Japan side. Yeah. Uh, so a lot to watch. So, again, that's going to be uh, June 26, United Center. So just over two months away. So that'll be <clears throat> certainly after double nothing. That'll be the next milestone for them to build towards. Uh, so going to be, uh, you know, really wrestling in, in, in the u.s really shaping up to be a wild summer yeah uh double or nothing. It's gonna be a hot summer <clears throat> double or nothing coming up in may uh and this show for them uh, this joint show june 26 and then wwe eyes are on them for i mean they got three stadium shows in a row uh, money in the bank early july uh followed by SummerSlam end of july both stadium and then the stadium show over in Wales uh, on on Labor Day weekend, which will be presumably the same weekend as All Out. So it is it is wow. going to be a crazy crazy. Uh, and then actually for WWE, it could be as I say this out loud, it might be four stadium shows in a row because they're going to go back to Saudi Arabia uh, in October. So no, it definitely will be. So yeah, it's <laughs> all systems go. What a time to be alive! Hell yes. All right, uh, so big big announcement there. So certainly a lot of the wrestling world buzzing about that. All right, Wardlow, uh, it's time for his match here. Butcher comes out first. MJF's up in the uh, up in the skybox there, uh, eating popcorn or throwing popcorn rather, with uh, Sean Spears. Uh, and he doesn't even want Wardlow to get music. So he out comes Wardlow, no music, handcuffed with security flanking him. I gotta say this, Alfred. I think on paper, I like the idea of okay. MJF, he's stripping him of all dignity, no music. Let's let Wardlow come out almost to something that could be even louder than music, just just a, an arena full of the Wardlow chants. But it didn't really come, you know, and that's my guy. But it didn't come off as that. He got a pop when Justin Roberts announced him. But I would have, in hindsight, I would have rather the energy of his music still hitting and that crowd popping. I didn't like the no music, no lights, no video board, him just coming out uh, as a prisoner being unshackled i i i didn't like it yeah i think they were going for the whole jericho effect where one of jericho's most memorable entrances is when he was told i believe by mjf that he cannot have his music and jericho walked out to an acapella version of the song it was a great moment i think they were trying to recreate that where wardlow would be walking out to the wardlow goldberg like chants and while the crowd did kind of chant for wardlow and you did hear them pick up it's not like he was walking out to the entire arena chanting for him which i think is what they expected yeah uh i mean it, it didn't kill anything but it's, it's just a you know a critique and i'm and I'm overly critical and protective of of, of all this stuff so uh with him so but that was that but nonetheless war gets in there he's got obviously the crowd behind him uh the whole deal is uh you know look butcher's a big dude um wardlow is one of the 
they 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 build him as a big guy, and obviously he is put together as all hell. He is, but and we're gonna get to more of this for next week too. They're putting him in here with these guys that are as big, if or if not a little bit bigger than him. Uh-huh. And and like, well, why? Why take one of your big circus acts? You know, oh, this guy can spit fire. Oh well, this guy plays a fire too. Let's put him in this. No, <laughs> don't don't put him on the same tent. No. Uh, but you know, he is overpowering Butcher, which is fine. He ultimately ends up hitting four power bombs for the Power Bomb Symphony, and he wins. But I, I, I don't. I, I, they put him up against Butcher. He wins, and then I'm just going to jump forward to this. That we see MJF later backstage, pissed off, but he's got more money. He's got a deal. He, you know, he, you know, he needs a deal with the Snake. He brings in Jake the Snake. Jake cuts a masterful promo about you know money's what matters and and and, and you know, diamond rings or whatever is for, for little boys, uh, all because Jake of course is leading Lance Archer. Lance Archer's the next mercenary, and Lance Archer, who is legitimately three or four inches taller than Wardlow, and you will see that when they stand in the same ring with each other. Why? Why we, they got they got the biggest roster in North America, and why are we putting our biggest guys? To stand side by side to to the guy who's got the rocket ship up his ass in Wardlow. I don't understand that part. I agree. I agree with them doing this. Uh, I'll, I'll say. I, I think that it, it's a perfectly good idea for just a couple of reasons. One, I think Wardlow is more at this point than just the big guy attraction. I think they're really investing in him and creating the storyline that people now have an emotional connection to Wardlow. So it does tie into the story they're telling that MJF is trying to find the biggest, baddest dudes to slay this beast. It's very Greek mythology-like, very Hercules-esque. And I will argue, Hulk Hogan in his prime was much bigger than Wardlow, and Hulk Hogan was a stickler for, bring the big guy to the territory who's bigger than me, I'm going to slam the giant, I'm going to get over, we're going to sell a lot of tickets. That was Hulk Hogan's whole career as a babyface. He insists he would not, we've talked about this on the broadcast, he would not wrestle Bret Hart, one of the reasons being, I'm way bigger than Bret Hart, these people aren't going to have sympathy for me, they're going to cheer for Bret Hart over me. Very smart guy in terms of booking himself to slay these giants. And I think that's what they're doing with Wardlow is that he's slaying these giants. And I think it makes it more impressive uh, the way they're trying to book Wardlow as the king of the giants. And you're, you're right. That's what it is. It's, it's, he's, it's, it's, they're going to go through the, when they put together the big video package of when he finally has his match against MJF and it's all the things they had to do to get through the, they're going to put, you're right. All the big guys he did. And, and you're, and you are right about that. I guess I just, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it would, showcase him better if he could just be uh, maybe the smaller guys i don't know but nonetheless it, it could it, be a good story if mjf started bringing in tag teams like okay fine i'll have you fight two guys at once and that could be a fun attraction yeah i uh, i mean again I, i'm happy to see the consistency i mean they obviously i mean this this match with he and mjf you know if it's double or nothing um i can't imagine they can draw this out to all out in september so i have to think double or nothing's where it's going to be um you talk about drawing money, something that gets lost in 2022, especially in the WWE side of things where everything's there's no more pay-per-view buy rates. It's all you know behind a paywall of Peacock. You know, this is the old school definition of drawing money. MJF and Wardlow are going to draw money when they finally, you know, and probably it, sh- it should be a cage. It should be uh, MJF is locked in a, in a space with Wardlow. And so I, I will give it that long term, big picture. Uh, it's all there. I just. Part of me questions is like, all right, Wardlow is the he's the one big guy who you're consistently pushing. Lance Archer's not been consistent. Brian Cage is is he's on a milk carton. Uh, you know, Butchers here or there. You know, uh, they're big guy. You know, Luchasaurus. 
so like Wardlow's their big guy they've been consistent behind. So I don't know. I guess there's an argument, like you said, of slaying the of slaying the big dragons. But I also just wonder, um, is that the way is that the way to go? Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jose for the super chat. Uh, no comment. Jose, let me look real quick. Did you send anything beyond that that we missed? I don't see it, but thank you nonetheless for your support for us. Um, yeah, all right. We'll get some more super chats here in a few minutes. Let's get back to what's going on here. We got Kyle O'Reilly and Jungle Boy. <clears throat> Owen Hart Foundation uh, qualifier match here. Uh, O'Reilly's going to get the win. This was a shocker to me, Alfred. Mm-hmm. O'Reilly's he's just on the backstage promo, and they're talking about how they're all down in their luck losing. So I could see him losing one more match here, and that just kind of all flows into where they're at. And, and Jungle Boy is, you know, obviously one of their baby faces, one of their their, their stars that they're behind. I was shocked that he lost this. This tells me, especially after the match where Christian came out, I think their long-term plans is we're going to turn Christian heel and him and Jungle Boy are going to have a program. And I think that intersects with Jungle Boy potentially having matches in this Owen Hart Invitational. Maybe double or nothing. The plan is Jungle Boy versus Christian. And if they're going to do that, they're not going to be able to put him in this tournament. But I was absolutely shocked. I I think it's kind of a waste, actually, because nobody expects Kyle O'Reilly to win this tournament. This match didn't necessarily do it for me. I could tell they were doing fundamental professional wrestling, but, you know, a match that was easy to doze off if you were still inclined on 420. And uh, I just didn't understand Jungle Boy being beat until Christian walked out, because I think that's the plan. So this is when you had to attend to your business to to, oh, yeah. ref, to refill. Yeah, that purple oracle, you know, kicks in around that. <laughs> purple <laughs> Uh, speaking of refilling. Um, oh, there you go. There we go. That's a great sound. Um, yeah, the only thing I can think, you're right. The only thing I could think, because nobody believes Kyle O'Reilly's winning this. The only thing I could figure was like, all right, I guess as TK is doing his bracket, they figured, okay, well, we need a heel in this spot. We don't want to do a face-for-face match, so we just need to heel in O'Reilly in this spot. So that's that's why they're doing That's the only thing I can figure um, as yeah. to why that happened. All right, we get the dynamite debut of Hook. Yes. Send Hook up against Anthony Henry. Um, obviously, Hook's dominating for just a few seconds. Dan Housen tries to curse him. No luck there. Hook locks in, locks in on a uh, a TAS submission. Uh, Chokehold gets the win, and then Dan Housen gets on the mic in the ring. And uh, gets physical with a pointer finger. He says, you will fight Danhausen. Alfred, you have Hook, who is this uh, good God. I, I wish I looked like him and had his swagger at 21 or whatever the hell he is. Uh, you have Hook, this organic heel. Um, do you like having his first feud be with the comedy act? The very over comedy act in Danhausen. Do you like this uh, creativity, or, or or is this, or are we getting a little bit too goofy? No, I love it. I think this is a fine idea. I think the people vote too, and the people went nuts when Danhausen said he wanted to challenge Hook to a match, and that goes a long way in telling whether or not this is the right decision. And I think even though there's goofiness here, there is an irony with why people love Hook. It is that he's being booked into a superstar. It's Goldberg, but for left-handers. You know what I mean? He's like a, he's just like an offshoot. He's like a Gentile Goldberg where it's like, yeah, we're going to take him serious as a monster, but there's like a tee-hee to it. And this serves that perfectly, tickles it perfectly. So I love this. 
<laughs> Goldberg for left-handers. For left-handers. It's, you know, it's irony. It's Goldberg for hipsters, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new way to put it. Um, I, yeah, I was entertained by this. I, you know, Hook is a, a pleasant surprise. He's kind of this random, you know, for, for many months with, when, when Team Taz was featured regularly, you know, we saw him just in the hoodie, and he was just kind of the yeah. silent. In the back, he was the greenhorn. We knew that. Um, you know, and then uh, you know, you and I talked about it. Then they started just kind of letting you know, Rampage kind of become his show. That's where he just has owned things for the last, uh, you know, four to six months, and, and he's just gotten over. He doesn't speak. Yeah. You know, I, I I plugged the him the thing with Hey EW with him and RJ City. He's just munching on chips. He doesn't speak. He's the cold-hearted, handsome devil. He, again, he looks like a free. He, he's like he's like if Justin Bieber was a badass. Yeah. Pro wrestler. That's kind of what he looks like. This is what they need. That appeal that he has, particularly to women. And it's one of those things where enough men and irony, ironic fans will like him. But if he's able to really appeal to women the way Jungle Boy, I think they think he can, that's going to be a big key in growing this AEW audience. <laughs> I also love the fact that you see it so few, so little, that he was distracted. There was a distraction there, but he was hardly distracted. He was just unbothered. Usually baby faces, when they hear somebody else's music, or have an excuse to be distracted, they'll just freeze in their tracks. And he's a pro about this. <laughs> um, Tommy says, uh, you mean kind of like Dominic? I mean, uh, well, you know, uh, that is an interesting parallel. Dominic and, and Hook are kind of on the same, you know, dads are there trying to push for them. They're the young stubby. I mean, the Hook the Hook project has been, I think, far more successful. It's a different level with Hook, man. Yeah. Hook's oh. bodying Dominic in these streets. Uh, Tina Miller, I'm left-handed. I will say that I do like Hook. <laughs> you righties can keep Goldberg. And she's a woman. That is the demographic. Left-handed women are about to... You're going to get a lot of sore left hands. Uh, if able... okay. Let the left hands help you with the manscaping. Now. Hell yeah! Uh, just trying to find a segue there. Uh, <laughs> we can do another promo? Blue Chew's not on tonight, so... Oh. <laughs> Hook's gonna uh, need it. I mean, I see him in those strip clubs. You mess around <laughs> those strippers, you're gonna need it. <laughs> oh, hook, hook, hook. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't want. I, I wouldn't leave my wife in a place around Hook. I, I you know, I, I wouldn't trust that guy. <laughs> Not at all. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, so, uh, if I'm Sammy Guevara, I wouldn't leave Ty Conti around Hook. Um, Sammy and Ty out in the ring, and the and the people. I mean. What a story this is. Uh, yes. Sammy Guevara, who went from being part of the uh, foundational heel stable that's going to lead Dynamite in the inner circle from when Dynamite launched in 2019, gets out of all that, becomes this baby face, this just organic baby face, and then through the world of social media and just real life business being out there, rightly or wrongly, his relationship and, and flaunting of sex with Ty Conti has just turned everybody against you know you there's there's that old classic thing of uh you know to be successful in pro wrestling you know if, if you're the guy right uh you want to be every guy wants to be you every every girl wants to be with you uh and he has just flipped that on on its side here uh sammy and ty cutting a promo they get interrupted by uh, scorpio sky ethan page and dan lambert uh dan lambert basically says look you either give sky his rematch or my boys are gonna come down there and they're gonna give you the pounding that your girlfriend dreams of Sammy says he'll give Sky the rematch only if he also can get the mixed tag. <clears throat> they end up hitting Sammy's music. I have a feeling this segment was rushed for time. So them plus the commentators are trying to get all the stories told here. 
But what I think I grabbed out of this is next week or soon, Sammy and Sky are going to have a ladder match. But then also in the future, Sammy and Ty are going to have a mixed tag against Paige Van Zant and either Scorpio Sky or Ethan Page. Um, so that's where we're at now is you have Sammy and Ty who were set out originally to be the babyface couple. People are turning on them, but they're not calling an audible. Tony Khan's not. He's still having the very heelish Dan Lambert and crew come out and, and run them down. So this is like nobody's likable in any of this. Right. Well, no, I think they did make that switch. I think they immediately, in fact, tonight, I don't really think it was that slow of a burn because prior to this segment, they had Scorpio Sky with uh, Frankie Kazarian and they just had the most babyface interaction. Like, hey, man, let me have this shot and then I'll give you the first one. And then when they had this, they cut the same Guevara. He's in his heel jacket, man. Before he even opened his mouth, he's in the furry cloth and he's cutting the promo that you're talking about in terms of you're just mad that I have a hot girlfriend. And maybe that's low hanging fruit, but that's because it's absolutely true. These people always needed a reason to hate Sammy Guevara, who has a punchable face, who does come off as like the pretty boy who you would want to fight in high school. Now that he has this hot girlfriend, yes, there's all the drama with his real life fiance. That just happens to be one of any millions of reasons that somebody would have come up to as to why they hate these two. Real life, with it. real life former fiance. Yes, real life. Exactly. The fact that. Listen, you, you, you never want to wish that there's all this negativity. I really do think that there is an ugly, toxic element to this. But this is best-case scenario in terms of a wrestling promotion that needs to create a character and a star. I think both Sammy and Ty are going to become huge stars because there's such a close real-life connection to what they're doing. It's really going to create that visceral feeling that uh, often is hard to create in pro wrestling. Yeah. Um Shade Black says AEW is slow tonight. Scorpio is a face now, though. Yeah, just immediately, out of nowhere. And listen, to your point, the way you covered that is typical of how he's been booked in the storyline, where he comes off often, um, not to a fault of his own, I don't think, but because there's so many moving parts around him, I think he's being submerged beneath that, to where when he was a TNT champion, Dan Lambert's your co-champion. Ethan Page is cutting pretty fiery, really talented promos or whatnot, and he's just snapping his fingers. And now... He's being booked alongside this mixed tag team match, which is going to take a precedent over it. And I think a lot of people weren't really aware that there's going to be a ladder match next week. Yeah, and that kind of, again, that came uh, again, that came from the commentators. I think that had to say like, "Oh, it's going to be a ladder match." So I'm sure it was being fed to them that that didn't get out uh, by the talent. Um, again, I think they got you know pushed for time. Uh, we at this point we're coming up on 9:30 Eastern time. We still yeah. had the very important Britt Baker hometown match to have. Uh, plus then the, the main event, the coffee match, which we'll get to. Uh, all right, we'll do a – this one's a kind of a big buffet of, of, of things here. Sean Wiley, uh, big super chat. Thank you, Sean. Hell yeah. He says, number one, Justin Alford, what is the end game for Wardle and MJF? Number two, Ethan Page is so wasted. I like to see him in the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, number three, Hook in the House of Black. I like that idea. Number four, Britt versus Jade will be fierce uh Ooh. all right well let's go let's go let's go one by one here Alfred. uh uh i mean endgame ward on mjf again i think it's it's a it's a some kind of confinement match at double or nothing cage handcuffed each other a strap match something where where mjf cannot get away from warlord that's that's your you, this is a ma- match you make people pay for it's a pay-per-view match right Yes, and I think they're going to have multiple matches. I do think that MJF is going to find some shady way, maybe even invoking his contract to win the first match. And then I think it'll build to Wardlow beating MJF in the middle of the ring, uh, which is very rare. MJF almost never loses. And I think that 
win that they build to for Wardlow is going to launch him into superstar. Right. And so you're right. The contract somewhere in there has to be the con- the freedom. Yes. Uh, of the contract. Uh, so that's number, uh, Ethan Page wasted. I like to see him in the now. He's uh, Ethan Page. I don't think is Blackpool combat. Not player, at all. But, not that vibe at all. I love how he dresses. I may or may not have been his style a couple times this summer with the Hawaiian. Although he, I was wearing Flores shirts before him, but he's got the fuck <laughs> going on. He's, he's got all that stuff. So I think his swag. He really needs a heel run of his own. There's just he's one of those guys who's very talented. Who they understand he's talented. They understand there's a market for him because there's a lot of big fans of Ethan Page in WWE. And when he gets those little chances to talk, you see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, Hook and House of Black. No, that doesn't fit at all. Hook. Hook just, is. Yeah. House of Black is, you know, dressing all black. Be, you know, the gothic, the, the 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 riddle and rhyme. It works for the, the the three that are doing it so far. But no, you don't want to hide Hook's face again. This guy's got a head of hair that that I'd pay for. He's got the looks. He's got the body. He's young. He he's 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 mysterious. He you know he's got the tough guy persona because of who his dad is. Hook Hook. He's one of the few guys right now needs to be kind of biased. I kind of like yeah. that. I don't see Team Taz flanking him right now i like kind of him being uh on an island of his own and uh, Br- uh brit versus jade uh will be fierce yeah that's the inevitable i gotta think that's what they built to to september and we'll get in here to brit here in a second i gotta have some bars for jade tonight yeah she did so all right let's, let's, let's go and jump into that uh sean thanks very much uh for the um uh for all the questions there yeah so brit comes out tonight she has her match against uh danielle camella uh obviously a former wwe uh talent briefly also noted on commentary, she's got some uh, cheerleading and dancing background in professional sports. Uh, obviously, Britt's going to get the win. She's out there with Najee Harris. Uh, had a great rookie running back season with uh, Pittsburgh. Out there with Pat Fryermuth. Two league end. winners. Two fantasy football league winners. Big tight end, Pat Fryermuth. Um, Britt's going to get the assist from the glove getting handed to her from Fryermuth. So she does a lockjaw with that. Uh, then proceeds to cut a promo, and she, you know, uh, this is just kind of oh, what this is kind of what just kind of fits the whole baddest bitch on the block thing that she does, and she does it on Twitter too. She starts off by saying, you know, and mind you, she's been off TV for weeks. She kind of boycotted being on TV until, since losing to Thunder Rosa, until she was going to be in Pittsburgh. And she starts out her promo with saying, you know, first off, isn't it nice to have somebody who can talk on the microphone, a woman? And then she goes, uh, you know, boy, haven't we seen that this AEW women's division is just a disaster without me? You know, runs down Ruby Soho, runs down Jade Cargill and the baddies. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, as much of a shoot feel as you can get. Um, this this feels like they are just doing again. MJF and Wardlow money match. It feels like they are planting long term seeds uh, for what could just be huge money with Jade Cargill and Britt Baker. Whenever the two. Uh, get in each other's faces. Yeah, and they need to continue to do it at the same pace. Maybe a little quicker, but I'm fine with a year from now, Jade and Britt Baker. I think that's a match that you don't have to rush. There's two different divisions. They could both build themselves up as stars in the division. And one time down the road, maybe when Jade gets to 99, to get to 100, Britt Baker, you know, it has to be one of those milestone numbers. I think 99 and 0 Jade versus Britt Baker. Not I think, I know it should main event to pay-per-view. And I think that would be a great story. Uh, they've been going at each other on Twitter, which, again, makes it seem kind of like a shoot. And I, I like what she had to say. Britt was a little blown up, I will say, especially early on. But you can't hold it against her because she's been off for several weeks, you know. Uh, looks great in the ring in, in a match against the artist formerly known as Vanessa Bourne, I believe it was. But yeah. uh, I really like this. And I liked invoking the Steelers in uh, in this crowd. Yeah, easy, cheap, easy, cheap uh, hometown pop. 
Um, big bit here. Obviously, again, Britt, again, my, 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 my local plug, my local cheap plug of IWC Wrestling. Uh, she trained right here with us, trained in our wrestling school. Uh, great to see her doing all that. I can remember her very first show. We were in White Oak, Pennsylvania. Hell yeah. Booming White Oak, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's where we were. So that was her first match. Um, all right. So very good stuff there. All right. Main event time. Coffin match. Andrade versus Darby Allen. Immediately Darby Allen outnumbered. Uh, he's trying to use a skateboard, but we got the blade out there. We got private party. But then as they all are fighting, they get into the crowd. Sting, a uh, fan, it seems, pulls out the plastic Sting mask, only to reveal that that's the real man they call Sting. Uh, all parties fighting through the crowd. Sting's going to get up on the bleachers. He's going to do a dive. Sting has done more dives <laughs> from high places in his AW career than he did in his 30-year career prior. This is yeah. insane. He's developing into the master of taking the safe bump that looks insane because, you know, it is a pretty crazy bump to take from the balcony, but so many people stand down there to catch him. And then he takes those crazy table bumps, but there's so many tables that it's really probably not hurting him as much as going through one table, but you know, and people pop for it. I think they're doing a good job with a less is more approach with Sting. Yeah. Uh, so we continue. Um, eventually, Darby and Andrade they fight back to the ringside area. We uh, come to see as they start struggling with a coffin that the coffin, the lid, the inside of the lid is lined with thumbtacks. So they try to play a little psychology with that. Uh, working pressure on each other with that. Darby even trying to stop himself from getting slammed in the coffin, which would, of course, make him the loser. So he's sacrificing his forearm, putting his forearm up against the thumbtacks to uh, force the lid to stay open. Um, uh, Darby, you know, gets Andrade into the coffin, uh, just as it looks like he's going to try to close the lid. Jose, the assistant, comes out, rips his shirt off. He's going to be the one that's going to take the back bump onto the thumbtacks. Uh, and ultimately, Darby's going to get Andrade in, close the lid, Gets the win, um, you know it, it's 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 interesting. I and uh, Seven Clown says, "What about the Dollar Tree coffin? <laughs> coffin?" The, the, I have to admit, and this is where I'm I'm gonna get a lot of, you know, the 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 the, the AEW tribalists are gonna beat me up with this. It is hard for me to watch any concept of a coffin match, anything else other than WWE that doesn't have the Undertaker. We're we're training for thirty years. The Undertaker is the gimmick with coffin matches, so it it is a little step out of the box to accept a coffin any other coffin that's not undertaker and, tr and traditional coffin matches i didn't hate this uh, i will kind of agree with that comment the coffin did look a little uh you know it wasn't the most um sophisticated or sturdy but i, I guess it did the job and this was this was the main event yeah and, and then you could have spots where there are bumps on the coffins which i think is fine as long as you're using a gimmick coffin so i don't have a problem with it from that standpoint and i do think they're trying to appropriate the term coffin instead of casket so that they can make it darby's own it does fit his vibe um and he is setting himself up to be compared to the undertaker but i do think that darby allen's brand of using this coffin especially where he kind of bumps onto it tries a coffin drop onto it. I, I do think it's interesting. I think these two have great chemistry. I thought this was another good match between them, but I do prefer it to be less of the plunder and more of the high-paced Lucha style that they were doing uh, for their, really, the match on Rampage where they had the triple threat, and then this one, I think, or the one before this one, I thought were great matches. And this was just pretty good. Yeah, and you're right about the wording. Obviously, coffin drop is, you know, it's, it's Darby's finisher, so it does all play into that. Uh, yeah, good. And then we should note, uh, you know, Darby and Sting, uh, they're standing tall in, in celebration of Darby's victory. Uh, the Hardys come out, and they uh, do some delete on the stage. So kind of, again, signaling and teasing 
to a, an eventual tag match, another tag match between the Hardys uh, up against uh, just Darby and Sting. So, uh, you know, really a, a, a packed dynamite. So much came out of it. And then I'm not even going to go through it all. You can go to wrestling Inc. for all of, it, all of it. Excalibur, several times, he's the guy on the, com- the three-man commentary booth. He's the guy that's always getting the, the promotional stuff in or what's coming up on the future shows. He was going a mile a minute. Of what's coming up on Rampage, what's coming yeah. up on Dynamite, <laughs> trying to get it all in. Um, uh, again, go to Wrestling Inc. They have everything documented there, but there is so much going on with AEW that it's just firing in all cylinders with their, you know, maximum size roster than ever. Uh, overall, though, a lot on paper going into this. This did this Dynamite disappoint, or do you walk away happy on 420 with it? I thought it was okay. I think 420 helped, but. You know, it was okay. It, it wasn't the best dynamite. I think there's a high standard that's been established, and this fell below it. But I do think they're doing a good job, to your point, promoting the events that they have coming up, which is going to be the priority. And they're just going to have to make do with these NBA playoffs, which is going to absolutely crush AEW. And it's going to, you know, their numbers, I think, are going to remain near 100 or a million. I just uh, think it's going to be on the lower end, and I think they realize that. So they're just going to kind of crawl before they walk. And they're telling stories. I think it's fine in terms of booking this product and booking their matches. They're doing a good job of that. Yeah, one of the stories next week and another Owen Hart qualifier, uh, Dax versus Cash, uh, FTR, uh, partners going against each other. As Keith Robinson notes, very, very, excuse me, very interested in that. Uh, is that where we, like, do they come at odds? Is that where a Bret Hart mediation comes in to get these guys back on track? Um a lot of speculation. But that's a very interesting choice here to have these tag team partners go up against each other. But I saw a lot of praise on social media for it. Yeah, I could definitely see this being where they bring in Bret Hart. I think that'd be a good way to cleanse a palate and come up with a way for them to come back together. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see Bret Hart on the show. Yeah, they're in uh, they're in Philly next week in Philadelphia. So uh, we'll see if uh, what the Philadelphia ECW crowd. Uh, how they react to them. All right, that was uh, AEW Dynamite, plus a lot of other news headlines. Again, uh, more headlines on WrestlingInc.com, around the clock, 24-7. Make sure you subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Of course, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook, we were on it all tonight. We appreciate everybody. Make sure you hit subscribe. Tell a friend. Just tell one friend, and they'll tell somebody. Does great stuff. Of course, comments, super chats, always appreciated. Uh, for what's coming up on, uh, you got Forbes, you got your pro wrestling bits. What's going on? Absolutely. Just dropped a new bit today on Scorpio Sky. Very timely. And uh, his loss of the TNT Championship. Unfortunately, the worst TNT champion they've ever booked. But listen, he's got another chance for this ladder match. Uh, uh, go on Forbes for coverage of AEW Dynamite and also SmackDown this weekend. Very good. Very good. Again, he's at This Is Nasty. I'm at Justin Lavar. Uh, again, if you're in the Pittsburgh, Western PA region, I want to get there April 30th. Your chance for a meet and greet and to see in action. So not just meet and greet, but also in action. The Hardy Boys. Eric Rowan. Fandango, who's retiring soon, so one of his last matches he's going to have. Um, Thunder Rosa, it's going to be a hell of a show. Ross Draver Ice Gardens, just about, oh, 25, 30 minutes outside of downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, April 30th, uh, if you want to get tickets, uh, hit me up on Twitter or go to iwcwrestling.com, whatever, we'll get you uh, we'll get you directed there. April 30th, it's going to be a fun Saturday. Uh, so that show going on, I'll be on Busted Open Friday morning, as always, with Dave LeGreca and Mark Henry. Like, share, subscribe, do what you got to do. Big thanks to Manscaped. Big thanks to HelloFresh. Alpha and I will be back next Wednesday for more post-AEW Dynamite. Take care. Be good. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs>